0: Dr. Courtney Howard, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm curious about this connection uh, between climate change and the spread of infectious diseases. Tell me a bit about that.
1: Well, when you think about it, uh, infectious diseases involve often insects and host animals like birds or small mammals. And so as climate change changes precipitation levels, temperatures, humidity, essentially habitat changes in different parts of the world. So what was once a good place for one living being to live may become slightly less so they may move to another place Um, and that's one of the reasons that it's making it uh, it's changing the patterns of infectious disease that we're we're seeing in clinics
0: what kind of diseases are we seeing nowadays that we might not have seen in the past So here
1: in Canada, Lyme disease is the infectious disease that's changing the most with climate change, Uh, particularly in eastern and central Canada. The distribution of the tick that carries Lyme disease is changing. It's sort of making uh, several uh, kilometers progress every year because there's more days above zero, and that just allows it uh, more time to uh, move to a new place. In other parts of the world, we're seeing an increase in the transmissibility or the vectorial capacity of dengue fever. We're seeing malaria become more transmissible at increased elevations in Africa. And uh, different vibrio species, uh, because surface temperatures and various water bodies are warming, are also uh, we're seeing an increase in their transmissibility as well.
0: Now, you're in the far north of Canada, and I've heard in the past that for the the native population, especially the Inuit, their diet consists of, of wild animals, marine animals, to a great extent, and there are some infections that they're getting there that, that they've not historically seen before as well. Is that the case? Certainly the... High Arctic, so part of my
1: population is up as far north as Tuktoyaktuk or Palatuk or higher. Uh, that part of the world is already three degrees Celsius warmer than it was when today's elders were born. So when you speak with the elders, they say that you know the ice is forming much later, and it's making it much more difficult to hunt. So hunting and fishing is uh, is more dangerous. Uh, they say that the the storms are coming more quickly. In fact, the the most um uh, common thing that I've heard around changes in infectious disease in the north is actually that the freezers so they use natural ice freezers to keep some of their meat frozen and as it warms those are becoming less reliable so actually food spoilage is the most um, common uh, change to you know things that uh, to transmissible disease that uh, I hear the elders talking about these days.
0: Well Dr. Howard, how do, Uh, diseases jump from animals to humans we've had a number of these viruses and other things and and even um, parasites for example how do they make that transition
1: well not every uh, virus or bacteria is well suited to live in humans they don't all think that we're a great place to set up shop so it depends on the actual virus or bacteria itself and in terms of how does it jump, it requires close contact. If you think about flu season and how we get the flu from one another, you know, it's uh, if we're, we're close to one another, we have saliva that, you know, reaches a surface, we touch that surface, we put it in our mouth or somebody sneezes on us and we breathe it in. Those ki- kinds of ways are, you know, good ways for virus and bacteria to kind of hitch a ride and get into a new being. And the way that we get um, new viruses uh, or bacteria from animals is not that different. Some of the ones that have been recently documented are to do with eating bushmeat that brings an animal that was traditionally not close to humans closer to humans and then we eat it and that's a way that we uh, can get infected it can have to do with a different host that may be infected becoming close and then maybe uh, you know a bat may be involved or a different kind of insect uh, sometimes when humans encroach upon animal habitat, that's a different way that we can become closer to uh, come closer to animals that can then infect us. And so really it's any time where there's a novel opportunity for humans, insects and or other vectors and potential hosts to to interact in a new way.
0: Do these bacteria and viruses do they have to mutate to adapt to a new host i e humans?
1: Some of these viruses, mutate often and so um, some of the RNA viruses that have caused problems in the past uh, do mutate a lot and so I think that some of them are probably just mutating all the time and then if you know a human comes along at a point where they have just mutated into a form where we seem like a good place to live then that could be an opportunity for them Um, And so, yes, mutation is certainly uh, part of it.
0: So what can we do to protect people from diseases that may uh, become more prevalent because of climate change?
1: Well, as a doctor, I find that the uh, thing I need to do is keep a broader differential diagnosis. So when someone comes to the emergency department, you always ask them questions, and then in your head, you're making a list of, you know, it could be this, or it could be this, or it could be this. A lot of the time now, we have to add a couple of lines, um, particularly in parts of Canada where Lyme disease is, is every year, the distribution is changing. Uh, doctors and nurses there will be needing to sort of say, huh, could this be Lyme disease? Um, in areas where they didn't used to and send the tick off if if they have it for testing or just have a higher index of suspicion so that i think is true of any infectious disease you know i'm working in the emergency department in Yellowknife later today and you know we'll be adding a question um you know have you traveled to china to our traditional um you know influenza-like illness uh, symptom um questions and so it requires us to broaden our differential diagnosis and consider new things In terms of preventing things, there's a good article in the Alliance of Planetary Health where some One Health experts, so people who really are experts at the intersection of human disease, the environment, and animals, really um, asked for more stringent guidelines around bushmeat and culturally appropriate new approaches that can hopefully reduce some of the uh, potential for transmission of, of bushmeat to humans. Uh, we also need to look at habitat encroachment. Everybody needs a place to live. And so if we, if humans destroy forests or other, other areas where other living beings have been, we don't give them a place to go. And so we're much more likely to catch a new disease from them. And of course, climate change is really uh, changing. We had a Charette down here in yellow and had elders from all over the uh, arctic last year and we had a map of the nwt on the on the table and people were just pointing to different places and saying you know i saw a skunk here i've never seen a skunk here and you know the char are coming way further south we didn't used to have that and the moose are over here and they used to be over here so even just in you know this territory we're, we're seeing such big changes and so we know that you know the more we warm the more changes we'll see so we do need to decrease greenhouse gas emissions so that 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 we can try to keep these changes to a level that we can adapt to with these other measures.
0: Dr. Courtney Howard, thank you so much for this.
1: Great to talk to you. Thanks for your interest.